We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark here this morning. We're, <clears throat> as you know, Pastor Rob was started last week talking on Jesus the Savior, and he was going through the the four square: the Jesus Savior, Healer, Baptized in the Holy Spirit, soon coming, and ending Christmas Eve with soon coming King. This morning declaring that Jesus is healer. You know, in the midst of things like this, it's still important that we declare Jesus is still a healer. Amen. It's important for all of us to, to still declare he's still a God who heals. We had the blessing and the opportunity this last Wednesday, Pastor Rob and myself and Nathaniel. We went to visit the first Presbyterian church in downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I felt compelled to go uh, for quite some time. And I just sensed the Lord to say, you know, you just need to go. Some of you know, some of you may not. But that was the venue, the church, beautiful, a beaut I mean, I can't even describe how beautiful this building was. This was the uh, church where Catherine Kuhlman would have regular, I believe, I believe Friday meetings there for some time. One of my spiritual fathers, who is Pastor Benny Hinn, who many of you know, was touched in that church in December of 1973, in that same church, during her service. And he would visit there often afterwards. But I wanted to go because I wanted to honor the, the, this lady who the Lord raised up who believed in miracles. And she made this statement that goes right along with what I said earlier. She made this statement. She said, and this is from her own mouth. She said, if I had never seen a miracle, she said, and she saw more of the power of God than some human beings ever alive. She said, if I never saw a miracle, she said, it still would not change the fact that God is a miracle worker. Can you, I mean, think about that statement. She said, if I had never seen one for myself, she said, it still would not change the fact that he's still a miracle working God. Like I said, this woman who the Lord raised up, the Lord used her and she saw more of the miracle working power of God than some human beings will ever see. We did, I did a little, a short clip, one of the clips we did there, and <clears throat> you can read about this story in Pastor Benny's 
books and on video, but during his another, another trip he took, he took a lady who had, who was, uh, had rheumatoid arthritis. And maybe you know how painful that is. Well, this lady's rheumatoid arthritis was so bad she looked like a pretzel. She was so twisted. She was bound to a wheelchair because she couldn't walk. And going from Toronto where they lived to the church in Pittsburgh was quite a long bus ride and they would stop occasionally for restrooms and in restaurants and so forth and they would have to load her in and out of this and he was very familiar with this lady. So they wheeled her into this church. Now this church has pews that are, that are into, and you can't move them. So a lot of the wheelchairs, I assume, would line up at the front of the church. All the wheelchairs and stretchers would line up right, right in front of the pulpit. So Pastor Benny and Jim Porner, which was one of his close friends at that time, was up in the balcony. There's a row of balconies on each side of the church. They got their seats up there and during the service, she's ministering. Now, mind you, no one laid hands on this lady. No one. No one touched this lady. As Catherine is ministering, this lady, who is bound and twisted like a pretzel, she began to unravel and unwrap right before their very eyes. And Pastor Main tells a story he could hardly breathe as he's trying to grasp Jim. And he says, <laughs> and they watched as this lady began to unwrap and God totally healed this lady. And you can talk about the miracles all day, month, for hours and hours. I've, I have books at home, some of you do too. The testimonies after testimony, they're now documented and available to read. I've read them over and over and over again. But one of the things that has touched my life through her ministry and many people in this watching and many of you here has been of course I'm sure inspired and touched by her ministry in some way the thing you know the thing that touches me more than anything it was her love for Jesus That's the thing that touched me the most. She loved, she said this for herself. You have to apologize him a little. She said that the world will call me a fool. 
for loving someone I've never seen. Look up into heaven at times with her eyes wide open and say, Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Chapter 6. I'll insert maybe some more of this in the message this morning, but Mark 6, I'll start at verse 53. And when they had crossed over to the land of Jacinaret and anchored there, When they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. They ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about beds those who were sick to wherever they heard that he was. I want you to put yourself in this story. Can you imagine after hearing about Jesus for some time? Do you imagine, can you just sense what was happening to people who when they heard Jesus was coming? The excitement, the anticipation. People, who, relatives who they've lived with for years and years and years who were sick laying in a scurry and in a, in, a, in a, just in anticipation. Grabbed everything that they could and all the people that they knew to go meet this man called Jesus of Nazareth. Can you imagine them as they said, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And I got news for you, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And I'm not talking about, I know we're waiting for him to split the eastern sky, but I'm talking about he is coming. He's going to respond to the cry of your heart. He's going to respond to the cry of your heart. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Why don't you say it to your neighbor, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And they gathered everything that they could. 
to go meet this man of Galilee who they heard perform miracles and did all these wonderful things. So they brought everything to where, where he was. I remember the Lord, not audibly, but in my spirit, years and years and years ago, the Lord ministered to me one day and he said this, all I want you to do is get people into a place where I can touch them. That's all I want you to do. I'll do the rest. You get people into a place where I can touch them. Verse 56 declares, wherever he entered into villages or cities of the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace. And they begged him that they may just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. as many as touched him. As many as touched him. Well, pastor, how can I, what does it have to do with me today? This has everything to do with us today. Well, pastor, I can't touch him with my physical hands. No, you can't but you can touch him with your love. You can touch him with your praise. You can touch him with the slightest touch of faith. What a privilege and an honor it is to put a smile on his face. To minister to him. To minister to him. Song of Solomon, and when you read Song of Solomon, the passage of scripture that declares, the Lord speaking, the bridegroom saying, you've ravished my heart. You've stolen my heart, it says. You've stolen my heart. That's what I'm talking about. As many as touched him, they were made whole. Well, the secrets of Catherine's ministry was this, and I, <clears throat> she was influenced greatly by Amy Semple McPherson. So the, the 
you can see the pattern that goes that started with her and went to Catherine. The secret to the ministry that she had was this. It really was no secret. That she loved the Lord in such a way It was, in a, I, I, this is on tape, it'll be come out here soon sometime, but two things about Catherine and Sister Amy was this. They both, both had this, the same thing said about them almost word for word. After Catherine passed away, <clears throat> it was said of her that She made Jesus real to me. She made Jesus real to me. It was said of Sister Amy Sample McPherson. It was said of her that when she preached Jesus, he felt obligated to show up in her services. God is my witness. That's all I want. That's all this church wants. The reality of Jesus Christ is not reserved for just a select few. She would be the first one to say, you know what? I haven't been given anything that he won't give anyone else. If you'll only pay the price. And what is the price? Surrender. Surrender. That's all he asks. That's all he asks. Will you give me everything? Everything. See, we don't <clears throat> surrender to him. <clears throat> Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. There's nothing religious about that. There's no duty about that. We surrender to him because we love him, not because we're forced to surrender. As many as touched him, man he has touched him
know, right now, I want you to just lift your hands and just say, Lord, just touch him in your own way. As many as touched him are made whole. As many as touched him were made whole. As many as touched him were made whole. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 declares. <clears throat> We had come down from the mountain. Great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. He worshipped him, saying, If, 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 you are willing, you can make me clean. And you can see Jesus in verse 3 immediately before I believe this man could ever get a word out. He says, I will be clean. Jesus wants to remove all the ifs and replace them with I will. <clears throat> he said, I am willing. Right away we see what the master willing. He's people of God and those of you watching. He is more willing. He is more willing to touch you than you are to have him touch you. I am willing. Be cleansed and immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Verse 4 declares, And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way and, and show yourself to the priests and offer the gift of Moses that commanded as a testimony to them. Because Jesus has not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. <clears throat> when you look at Jesus as healer, Healing is not only just reserved for the New Testament. Healing runs throughout this whole Bible. When you go all the way back to Genesis, to Abraham, Abraham prayed. The first man in Scripture to believe for healing was Abraham. And he prayed for Abimelech's household, and they all were Because <clears throat> when, when it's, this, is, this is an important part, I believe, it, even to build our faith this morning. To see that Jesus is not something, Jesus, healing isn't something that he does. Healing is something that he is. If we had, you know, time, we would delve into some scriptures, but I'll just can read these at some point. But when you open your Bible and you see the 
journey of Israel out of, out of Egypt. <clears throat> Starting at Exodus 12 with Passover. Moses was told by the Lord, he said, take the blood upon the lamb and strike the doorposts. All foreshadowing the cross. Because Jesus was crucified in the heart of God. Not, not, you know what I'm trying to say. In the heart of God, in the eternal counsel of God, Jesus was already crucified. Because in Revelation 13, 8, it declares that Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before there was ever any sin, there was already remedy for it. Before there was ever healing, it needed to be provided, there was already healing provided. Before there was ever any darkness, light was already waiting in the wings to be revealed. Before there was ever any question, there was an answer. His name was Jesus. So it's amazing to me as I studied the, the journey of Exodus and the journey of Israel and Moses that every time a crisis arose, do you know what the answer was? It was the cross. The night death was going to walk through Egypt. What was the answer? The cross. He said, take the blood of a lamb and strike the doorpost. Not only will you apply the blood upon the doorpost, but you will consume the lamb that you sacrificed. And when death that night walked through Egypt, death itself walked the streets of Egypt. And every time the death saw the blood, they were repelled by it. And people of God and those watching, that was the blood of a natural lamb. What Hebrews 9.14, Paul says this, how much more shall the blood of Christ the blood of a natural lamb that was a foreshadow of what was to come. Death itself had no power. <clears throat> Exodus 15. Children of Israel come to the waters of Marah because the waters that they had come to drink after a long journey were bitter. They couldn't drink. So Moses again cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, what am I going to do? The Lord answered this. <clears throat> the Lord showed him a tree. Not by coincidence. The Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. And he says, take the tree. Moses and cast it into the waters <clears throat> it says the moment those that tree struck those waters the waters were healed that moment 
Numbers. I'm sorry, Exodus 17. You can read this for yourself, but I'm just giving you glimpses here of what the cross really, what the, the cross, the cross. The church needs to get back to the message of the cross. I'm not talking about this church because we preach. I'm talking about the church worldwide needs to get back to preaching the power of the cross. power that's in the blood of Calvary. Exodus 17, same thing. Get to a place, there is no water. Moses cries out to the Lord. It's amazing to me that every time Moses cried out, the answer was always the same thing over and over and over. Moses, the message is still the cross. Now, I know he didn't say that, but this is what he's saying today, looking back. The message is still the cross. They got to a place where there was no water at all anywhere, and Moses saw uh, the only thing was rock and barrenness and dryness. And Moses cried out to the Lord, said, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord says, take your rod, Moses. Symbolic of the cross. And he said, strike the rock, Moses. And Moses struck the rock and water gushed out like a waterfall. Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 10, that rock was Christ himself. And for our dryness and our weariness, he is still the rock. And there is still living water for our dry lands, Isaiah declares. Numbers chapter 21, fast forward again, rebellion strikes a camp. Rebellion now has infiltrated the camp. The children of Israel begin complaining. The Lord sends now fiery serpents to, as judgment against the people. People are dying all around him by the hundreds and people are lying sick everywhere. Moses cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, what is the answer? And the Lord said, Moses, I want you to take one of the, a copy of what is biting the people, a brazen serpent. A brazen serpent and I want you to mold it and fashion it just like what is biting the people. And I want you, Moses, to set it high upon a pole for all of Israel to see it. And the moment they look and they gaze at that serpent on the pole, they will be healed and they will live, it says. The scripture says, look and live, is this word, is look and live. And what Pastor Rob said last week was so true about behold, beholding is not just a passing glance and you're on your way. Behold the Lamb of God. At this moment, in this sense, he said, look and behold and gaze upon the serpent on the pole. 
Because Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And you think about this miracle. Everyone who looked and gazed upon that brazen serpent on that pole was healed. The remedy is still the same today. It's about looking at the one who died on that cross. And the message is still the same. Look and live. Look and live. Same is true, the Bible declares it. Catherine, it was a theme of her life. She always told people, look up. The demands on her life were so incredibly and the pressure was so great and she was pulled to ask and do this and that. People to ask to come and pray here and please come and pray for this one. And she was all simply say, she said, honey, just look up. It's still the same today. I'm going to close with this, but this is very, it's, it's so true. Jesus always said, he said, look up look we look to Jesus Hebrews 12 declares looking unto Jesus just, just think about that for a moment looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of my faith As we, you know, thinking about our visit there, and <clears throat> there was a testimony about a man. That's a very lengthy testimony, but I'll just give you a condensed version. But <clears throat> there was a man who was injured, and in, I believe it was Vietnam. His name was Kerry Reams. Kerry Reams. This. This testimony has always stuck with me over the years. I, it just, I can't get out of it. I, I can't forget it. <clears throat> but Carrie Reams almost died in Vietnam. He was rushed to the medical hospital. <clears throat> Lost an eye and he was in quite bad shape. He got him to the point where they could send him back to the States. He hammered, he, to this, Ever since he left, he would hemorrhage horribly. I mean, horribly hemorrhage. I believe he had no eyesight in one eye. I believe it was blown out. Hardly walk. He lived in Florida. He tried to make it. I'm not sure if this was where we were at, but somewhere in Pittsburgh where she had services, she was. 
he heard she was coming and he had some connections so he got there like on his last legs literally on his last legs because the closer he got to his miracle the worse he got the hemorrhaging would be so bad I think the day before the service he hemorrhaged so bad he didn't know if he could make it so he gets to the service and of course in that much pain he had no idea even he was just trying to get himself there he was trying to get himself together got to the service got himself together sat down in the service so imagine this you come all this way for a miracle Are you, you know what Catherine said she said this is not a healing service today this is a soul searching service so can you imagine how you would feel if you came all that way for a miracle and your faith has just ran to the bottom of the rung of the ladder and he sat there and she gave an altar call, of course, like we opened. Salvation is the greatest miracle. Never forget that. Salvation is the greatest miracle of all. In many people's lives, they were born again that morning. So, <clears throat> Catherine, of course, we all know how services go. She gave closing benediction and all the last things they do. The pianist or the organist was playing the last notes of the last song that they were singing that day and fading away in the distance. And Carrie Reams is there. And Catherine looks at this man sitting in that row. And she said this. She said, look up. And Carrie Reams, sitting there, the only person who was touched that day, but physically. Carrie Reams was sitting there with both crutches on both sides. And Catherine looked at her boldly and said, he said, she said, look up. So he looked up. The moment he looked up, the power of God touched him. And one crutch went that way. And he continued to look up. The other crutch went that way. The power of God went through his body. And he was totally healed at that moment. Because he heard a woman say don't look at me look up look up turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face things of this earth will go strangely to <clears throat> you know I was sharing earlier about the people who met 
physically during his time came in contact with the master. <clears throat> and I don't know, it's not recorded, but I can almost guarantee if you were to interview the people who met him, I will tell you this. I believe every single one of them would say this. When he looked at me, when he looked at me, it was as though I was the only one that existed at that moment. The love and the compassion that he had towards me was like nothing I've ever known. That's the Jesus that we love and serve today. He's still the same Jesus. He's still the same Jesus. this crazy world that we live in where everything changes everything changes families change this changes that changes the weather changes whatever isn't it wonderful to know that we serve a Jesus who never can change We'll go ahead and part. We're going to have communion now. Uh, have your elements. Can somebody grab me one, please? <clears throat> I left mine at my chair. beautiful presence of the Lord here this morning. It's moments like this you don't want to leave. <clears throat> Aren't you glad to know when we get to heaven? We're never going to hear the words, we'll see you Sunday, or we'll see you Wednesday, or whatever. <laughs> I thought about that. Isn't it going to be good to say? here. Jesus will never say, you know what? Hey, we'll see you Wednesday. Have a good week. You're never going to hear that. <clears throat> Lord, this morning as we Holy Spirit that you've honored. Did you have a song? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely.
His presence daily live. I surrender all I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior I surrender all I surrender all I surrender
Lord, as we partake, Lord, and we have this bread in our hands. Colossians declares, <clears throat> chapter 2 declares, Lord, you are the substance of the shadow that we talked about earlier. You're the very substance of what they saw. And Hebrews 10.1 declares the law was only a shadow of good things to come. All that was done under the old covenant was under the, was under the shadow. You today we celebrate because you are now the substance of that shadow. Hebrews declares that we have a better substance speaking of Jesus today. In the tabernacle, there was a thing, there was a table, the table of showbread, which was really literally the bread of his presence. Jesus is the bread of his presence. He is the substance of our life. He is our sub heavenly substance, is Jesus himself. So Lord, as we come into your, this holy moment this morning, we recognize this morning, Lord, that you are our substance. Jesus said in John chapter 6, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said, Discern the Lord's body, and we do that. We don't take this lightly. We don't take this lightly. We reverence your table this morning, Lord. We reverence your table. We reverence you this morning. And as Jesus sat in that last supper and looked every disciple in the eye and said these words, this is my body broken for you. this morning there's healing in the atoning work of the cross there's healing in the atonement and Lord now as we have the cup <clears throat> oh the blood of Jesus oh the blood of Jesus Spirit, you honor the blood. You honor Jesus. <clears throat> and Lord, we thank you for the power of this precious blood. This blood, according to your word, when the blood is applied to our life, it literally erases 
erases for all of eternity our past. Everything that we place under the blood, God himself cannot recall it. Because Isaiah declares, as far as the east is from the west, so far as I removed your transgressions from me. He said, I will blot out like a thick cloud your transgressions, he said. He said, I will put your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. And once it's under the blood, God himself cannot recall it. That's enough to shout about. You have no past when it's under the blood. You have no past. It's been erased by the precious blood of the Lamb. So Lord, we honor this morning the blood of your Son. And we ask you this morning, Lord, in your own way, just ask him, Father, cleanse me all over again this morning. From head to foot, I ask you to cleanse me, I ask. Wash me clean in the blood of the Lamb. Cleanse me from head to foot. Cover our homes and our families and our church family with this precious blood, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as we celebrate the substance of that shadow. And every time we partake communion, we remind the enemy that he's defeated and that Jesus Christ is Lord. and his mercy. Thank him for his healing power. Thank him for his love. Thank him for his grace upon our life. Thank you for your healing power, Master. I ask you to release upon his people. Your word says, I'll confirm my word with signs following. Lord, we proclaim your word this morning, your gospel. Jesus, a few announcements, well, not a few, <laughs> we have <clears throat> a lot going on, of course, uh, December the 14th, in the FCC, we have the Widow's Luncheon, December 14th, have heard a lot of good things about that, so <clears throat> be praying on that, about that, and thank God that uh, you do that, appreciate it. Uh, that same day at uh, 6.30, we have our uh, Connect dinner here at the church. And I believe sign-ups are done, correct? I believe for that, they're probably done. So be out for that. We're going to have a great time at 6.30. Uh, December the 15th, Senior Life at noon. The 21st, uh, our third Wednesday, <clears throat> come out for that where we... Uh, break open the word, have a time of worship, separate into small groups, a life groups. So thank you for all those who's come out for that. 
uh, invite someone to come for the, for the next one on the 21st. This next teaching is on the presence of God, so it's going to be a <clears throat> phenomenal teaching. Remember, Christmas Eve, <clears throat> Christmas Eve, Saturday, we're going to have our normal Sunday, but on Saturday. So that'll be on the 24th. And we're going to do the same thing the following Sunday, uh, Saturday on New Year's Eve. We're going to have our Sunday on Saturday. So same time, same thing, but just different day. Uh, Christmas card invites are in the lobby. Feel free to take one or two and invite someone to come with you uh, to Christmas Eve service. Growth track starts January 8th. It'll start, it'll be January 8th, the 22nd and the 29th. So if you're a new member of the church or you're thinking about becoming a member it's a great thing to get into growth track starts january 8th seek ye first shirts are in the lobby donation for 15 dollars <sighs> i think that's i think that's everything i got the thumbs up we're good <clears throat> so thank you team thank you we're praying for pastor uh, lisa and the family just remember them God bless you, and uh, thank you for being here this morning. Have a blessed, blessed week.